Welcome back to another edition of On The Board Sports. I'm your host, Will Trucci, a.k.a. Will C. Coming to you from Gotham Podcast Studios, along with our fabulous producer, Mike. Mike, is he's awesome. He's wearing his suit and tie right now, looking very, very dapper and casual as we speak. I'm joined by my co-host, via the phone, once again, Sean Thomas. Sean, how are you? Well, Mike, I am doing well. Mike, I wish I could be there, man, but always nice to have you on the ones and twos. Will, how are you doing on this Parlay Thursday, sir? I love Parlay it. Thursday. I love it. Parlay Thursday, one day away from Friday. Um, Today was an off day for me today. Actually wound up uh, working out for the best. Did a little double shot over at LaGuardia Airport last night, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's something. Let me tell you, it's absolutely something. It's unbelievable. But that's that's work. That's the day job. They say never quit your day job. Well, you know, I'm not looking to do that yet. Hopefully not <laughs> not yet anyway. But uh, you know, let's just let's just have fun. That's it. Let's just have fun and see what happens. Um, that's right. Lots to talk about today, Sean. Obviously, we've had really a great MLB year so far. Yankees are playing fantastic with everybody on the IL. You have the Mets. They're on again, off again. Then you have the Stanley Cup Finals. Series is tied up at one apiece after St. Louis gets its first win ever in Stanley Cup Finals history last night after beating the Boston Bruins up at uh, TD Garden by a score of 3-2 to two in overtime. but for And we'll talk about the Jets and what's going on with the Jets as I am a huge Jet fan here. But we have to lead off the show with the NBA Finals because Game 1 is starting tonight. And with everything that's going on, with this dynasty that the Warriors have in place right now, and with the roster that is in place right now for Golden State, having DeMarcus Cousins back tonight is a huge plus for the Dubs. You have Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson going out as arguably the dynamic duo in this year's playoffs after Kevin Durant got hurt. And it looks like Kevin Durant might be playing in a game in a game here or there. But we'll see what happens with that, Sean. And then you have the Toronto Raptors for the first time in their franchise's history. Almost, what, 25 years now? 24 years that this franchise has existed. Um, they've made it to the NBA Finals for the first time. And they've had a, uh, a plethora of success coming from... A bunch of players that realistically, outside of Kyle Lowry being there uh, for the uh, for most of their time, you have Kawhi Leonard. He won an NBA Finals with the San Antonio Spurs when he was in his second year. Young kid at that time, wound up winning Finals MVP against a LeBron James-led Miami Heat team. Um, then you have Marcus Gasol, Pal Gasol's brother, brings in a lot of playoff experience there. And uh, Pascal Siakam, he's been playing absolutely unbelievable, to say the very least. Danny Green, you have all these guys coming in, Sean. 
And the coaches here too, you have Nick Nurse and you have Steve Kerr going head-to-head. And then you have, you know, the rapper formerly known as Drake always getting the headlines and everything like that. But, Sean, I'm going to start it off with you here. Uh, What's your take on this year's NBA Finals and what do you see happening? Well, first and foremost, Will, can I get a pat on the back because – who predicted this NBA finals, Will? I don't know, Sean. Who did? Is it I you? Did, you William. did. <laughs> I did. Nice. When we had our fancy schmancy NBA preview with Mike Dunn and uh, Ed Easton and Tombo, Rocco, you, me, and everybody else. And Mikey. Freaks, Can't everybody. forget about Mikey. Yeah, uh, Mikey and, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, and... And I just had a feeling, Will, I just had a feeling that I was like, you know what? Kawhi is the player that Toronto does not have. Like, DeMar DeRozan is a great player. But Kawhi is going to go down as one of the best where DeRozan may not be. And to get over the LeBron James hump, that's who you need. Now, Will, we we didn't know for sure that LeBron was going to the West Coast. So, obviously, that opened up the East for everybody, but... I mean, Will, I think it's going to be a fantastic uh, series. Will. Will, I really feel these are all the two best teams in the NBA. I know the Bucks were the best team overall, winning uh, 60 games, but I feel like pound for pound, these are the two best teams right now. And Will, I think it's going to be a fantastic uh, a series. Uh, DeMarcus uh, Cousins will play in this NBA uh, final, so he's back, and he's really, really going to obviously, um, you know, be a huge impact for the team, so, uh, so, so you know. But, well, my biggest thing is to, the bench of Toronto. They went crazy in the last four games of the Eastern Conference. Van Fleet was taking threes from everywhere. Um, other guys came off the bench, or Norman... Uh, Powell, he played well. Serge uh, Baca, we forget that, you know, he's a very, very good uh, player in his own right. So, well, that's my key for this uh, series. Even though in the beginning of the NBA season, I did pick Golden State to beat Toronto in six games. I still think that's going to be the case. I think Golden State beats them in six. But Toronto's only shot, Will, is that their bench has to have another Eastern Conference Finals-like performance because you can't depend on Kawhi all the time, Siakam all the time, um, uh, and uh, and those guys. You have to get some production from their bench, as we saw Golden State got bench production in the Portland uh, series. So if Toronto's bench plays really, really well, Will, I think that they have a shot. But even though I am taking Golden, Golden State in six, I think this could go down as one of the best NBA finals that we've possibly ever seen one. I think so too. I think as far as what the ratings are going to uh put out there, you're gonna see a lot of a lot of Toronto media, a lot of Canadian media covering this event. You're gonna see a lot of worldwide media covering the NBA finals for sure. And with all that that's being said right now when we think of Toronto and when we think of Canada, the, the sport that comes to mind is hockey no matter what. And the last time a, a professional hockey team won it all was the 1993 Montreal Canadiens. 
with that being said, this is basketball's time now to go up and basically put their stamp on on the sport and to build a culture here and just say, you know what? Hey, look, listen, basketball, we could we could play, you know, we could play with the best, the best of the best, no matter how you look at it. So there's there's that angle. And then on top of that, for all the Toronto fans that have been enduring uh enduring this all, think about this. They were this close in two thousand and one from beating a seventy sixer team that wound up going to the finals. And that was only a second round exit, right? They go out, they had Couple bad years in the middle two thousands. Andrea Bargnani didn't work out. Chris Bosh didn't really work out that well. And then they wound up getting Demar Derozan in the draft. They get Kyle Lowry through a trade, and you just say to yourself, for these fans, they've been waiting for a really, really long time for this to happen. And in a town where. The Maple Leafs haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1967. The Toronto Blue Jays, it looks like their resurgence is going to be coming pretty soon with Vlad Guerrero Jr. And then on top of that, there's nothing really going on with football outside of the CFL, the Canadian Football League. So there's a lot There's a lot to be said there with that. My thing is with, with all this going on in Toronto... Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment because you never know if you're going to get that moment back. Um, everything that's going on within professional sports right now up in Toronto is just, realistically, it's unbelievable what's going on up there. Like I said, the Maple Leafs made it into the playoffs. They wound up getting extinguished by the Bruins who are in the Stanley Cup final right now. In the first round, Toronto, the Blue Jays, like I said, their resurgence is probably going to be coming very soon with Vlad Guerrero Jr. there. And with the Raptors right now, there's just a lot of a lot of hope. And especially since you have Kawhi there, this might be the last year that he that he might play in Toronto. You know, it might be the one and only year that he'll play in the six, he might go to Los Angeles, he might go to New York, who knows where he might go. But the point is this for for anybody up there that's a Raptor fan, just embrace the moment. Embrace the moment because these are the moments that you basically, you know, you don't get. Well, speaking of a embrace, I think that as fans of the NBA, I think we should, as crazy as this may sound, Will, I really think that we should uh, embrace. I think, sorry, well, I think we should embrace this from the standpoint of, well, I don't ever think we're going to see a team win four out of five, as long as we live, well. I don't think we're we're going to see this championship dominance that we've seen from a uh, uh, gold uh, from a uh, uh, Golden State now. The majority of uh, NBA fans, they want to get mad because, oh, Golden State always wins. Golden State always wins. Well, the, the reason why I never got upset with it or I never felt a way about it 
is because as we've spoken on the show plenty of times, well, Golden State did it the right way. Curry was a draft pick. Right. Anybody could have had him. Clay Thompson was a draft pick. Anybody could have had him. Draymond Green was a second-round pick. Anybody could have had him. And they signed from their free agents. KD, free agent. And Andre, free agent. Sean and um, They built this team the right way. They got the right coach. And I really think that, Will, you are 110% right. Toronto as a country, because this is the first quote-unquote international NBA finals that we've had. Toronto as a country does need to embrace it, yes, but as basketball fans, well, I don't see, see a way or a team in the near the future that has the potential to win four out of five like Golden State can. We've seen teams win two in a row, three in a row, obviously, and that's what Golden State is going for now. But I think we should embrace it because I'm assuming, well, that KD is going to leave. And so I don't think – can go to Golden State win a finals without him? Yes, because they have. But are they going to, going to win three straight and four out of five as they could potentially do now? I don't think so. So I think as fans, let's embrace it because this could be the last time that we do see it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it might be the last time too because of what what has gone on within – the NBA culture and everything like that, that has happened. But, um, Sean, you look at, you look at everything as a whole and you mentioned before with Leonard and with Toronto, I think we all know the whole golden state storyline going into these NBA finals. I think nobody's really talking about the Toronto narrative and, and how Toronto has basically built this team up. They've, drafted the right way they made the right trades getting guys like Marcus Saul getting guys like uh Serge Ibaka and and just drafting right you know what what's your take on what might happen within I know you said that the Warriors are going to win in six but do you see like maybe Toronto taking one on the road in Golden State or you know do you see Toronto taking both games at home? I mean, as we've heard, as we've heard, Sean, the Scotia Bank Arena has been absolutely loud for these Toronto games. It has been. Do you see that playing well, a role? You, you, what I think is going to take place now, Golden State—they've been off for a long time. I think I think they've had like eleven days off or some crazy stat like that. So I think that Toronto is actually going to win. Uh, I, I really, really do. I think the two teams are going to split the first four games. So I think Toronto wins games one and I'll say game four. I think go to, I think that Golden State, they're going to win games two and three. But well, I think in game five, I think the, because I'm assuming by game five, Will, that uh, Kevin Durant would have Return, hopefully for their sake. So I'm assuming because of that, I'm assuming that by game five, he's back. I think he has a big game five. And up 3-2, which will game six is going to be the last ever game played at an Oracle. We can't forget that. I don't think there's no way 
that the last ever game there, Golden State is going to lose. So I think that Golden State will, for only the second time out of these four uh, championships, I think Golden State will celebrate raising the Larry O'Brien trophy at home. Though. So that's what I think is going to take place. I think uh, Golden State wins games two, three, uh, five, and six. And I think Toronto will get games one and uh, game four. That's that's a quite that's a bold take right there. You know, that's a real bold take right there, Sean. I don't know what's going to happen in these finals, to be honest with you. But I do know this: you have two very talented teams. You have two very very smart coaches going out there and basically playing up against each other. Um, you know, this is something that, like we said, it's going to be one of those finals where it's going to be one to remember and. It's this is something that that's not driven on the the super team thing here. It's basically at this point in time, it's the best player, arguably in the finals right now, in Kawhi Leonard going up against the best team, the most dominant team over the past four to five years in the Golden State Warriors. Can the narrative be? Can Kawhi lead the Toronto Raptors to? the promised land and raise that Larry O'Brien trophy or will the Golden State Warriors go out there and make it four out of five so you know we'll see what happens in the NBA finals for sure just wanted to give a quick congratulations though on you know on the teams that basically the last time that we spoke Sean it wasn't you know you had uh, Giannis and the Bucks. they played they had a hell of a year just wanted to give the Milwaukee Bucks uh, congratulations for, you know, making it far, even though they lost. I know people don't want to hear that, but sometimes, you know, you got to go out there and, and say it, you know, and he wants everybody back at that uh, given point in time. He wants everybody back from the roster that was playing this year on the team next year. So that's going to be very interesting. And then the Portland Trailblazers, you know, is this – is this team going to stay intact with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum? And, you know, are they going to get Justice Nurkif uh, back? We'll see what happens. But there's a lot of things that ultimately happened. But just wanted to give a quick shout out to those two teams that wound up uh, losing because the finals right now, it is what it is. But just wanted to give a quick shout out to those two teams. Well, um, I'm glad you mentioned that because from the Bucks standpoint, if I'm the Greek freak, I don't want the same team back because they got exposed. Toronto exposed because a lot of people said, oh, well, they only lost because Kawhi went out of his mind. No, he did not. Kawhi was hurt. He, I think one of the games he didn't even play like 30 minutes. I think, I think he played like 27, uh, 28. What happened to the Bucks were – they their lack of a bench got exposed, number one. And, well, I think because of the dominance that the Greek freak had, it made us forget that this Bucks shooting team, I mean, sorry, that this Bucks team is not a great uh, shoot, uh, shooting team. They have shooters like Chris um, Hedleton and George Hill. But when you're a leading three-point shot maker in the playoffs is a man named Brooke Lopez you have a bigger problem. And I think that's where the problem lies with the Bucks. So if I'm him, I don't want this team back. I need a team that can 
surround him with the pieces that he needs, and he needs uh, shooters because I think until he develops a consistent shot, well, teams are going to pack the bait and force him to pass. And when he passes the ball, he's passing it to people that can't shoot. So and 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 to prove my point, well, the adjustment that Toronto made in Game Three was they put Kawhi on the Greek Freak for the rest of the, uh, the series and forced him to pass. And what did we see when he was forced to pass? Well, Toronto missed a whole, I mean, sorry, the Bucks missed a whole bunch of shots. So I think the future is bright, but I disagree with him. He's showing a much better shooting team. And, Will, in terms of uh, uh, Portland, I think this run saved a lot of people's uh, jobs. Well, I really feel, feel like uh, Terry uh, Stotts, I feel like he was on the uh, uh, hot seat. I think he's off. And I think that Lillard and or CJ would have requested a trade. But I think if I'm them, Will, I got the team of everybody except those two guys. Because it's clear that this current group can only get to a certain point. So I would make trades, your free agency, and then go about building the team that way. But definitely congrats to those two teams. Absolutely. And moving on now from the NBA Finals and an indoor, an indoor sport to another indoor sport, that is the Stanley Cup Final. Um, the Boston Bruins and the St. Louis Blues are tied up at one game apiece after the, uh, after the Blues wound up winning game two in overtime on a Carl Gunnarsson goal. And Sean, it, it was crazy because, you know, St. Louis was 0 for 13 in the Cup final, including Game One of this series. And here they are, like we said, they uh, they wound up winning Game Two, and in Game Three, it looks like they're going to have the momentum going back to the Enterprise Center in St. Louis. But the thing here is, in hockey, there is no such thing as momentum. You only go as what you're given. So, with that being said, um, what's your take so far on the Stanley Cup Final? Well, my take is Boston played, I feel like both teams played a pretty good game number one. The Blues came out fast, but well, as we've seen time and time and time again, Boston, they just don't quit. And well, that's why they're here. They've been down in a lot of the playoff games that they have played, but we've come back to tie the games, to win the games. Same thing. I think, well, I think in game one, they were down by two, I believe, and then they scored like what? Like four straight, yeah. and they won that game of four, uh, four to two. Now, last night's game was actually the complete, uh, an opposite. Boston scored, the Blues scored. Boston scored again, the Blues scored again, and then, the ending of that game was one of the most craziest endings I've ever seen. Well, the Blues almost won at the end. I don't know how that puck hit the post because that puck was squarely lined going to the back of the net. I'm not sure if it was tipped or something of that sort, but it went off the post. But it's crazy because the guy that shot the puck that hit off the that hit off, hit off the post in regulation time, like you said, well scored the overtime goal and overtime goal will give major credit to one of the better players in hockey that nobody talks about. Vladimir Terra he set a hell of a screen 
there was no way that Tuca saw that puck until the very end when it was going by his ear into the back of the net. So, well, I kind of feel like both these teams are very, very similar in the fact that even if they're down, they don't quit. They're going to grind until the end. And Saturday is going to be rocking. I mean, it's going to be rocking, rocking, rocking because the Blues and that time. And, well, do you want to know why I'm extremely happy for for them, Will? Why? Let's not forget this town of St. Louis, they lost the Rams. And the St. Louis Rams were near and dear to that town with, you know, the greatest show on turf, blah, 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 blah. And the city of Los Angeles wanted to come and take them, blah, blah, blah. And they have the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals are used to winning themselves, but even they haven't won in, according to their uh, standards, a long time. So to see champions, too, so to see a potential championship team come from the city of St. Louis, well, I'm definitely happy for them. And, and like you said, Saturday night, it's going to be rocking. Maybe not rocking like the Bourne will, but definitely rocking none of the less. And St. Louis has been absolutely clamoring for this. I mean, we talked about this at last week's show. They started off the calendar year, the beginning of the calendar year this year, in dead last place, 31st in all of the NHL. And yet, here we are. We're talking about them in the Stanley Cup. This is crazy. You know, this is it's crazy the way how how much parity is in the world of hockey and the way how every team can go out there and just play hard. doesn't matter if you had the best team like the Tampa Bay Lightning did this year or, or the Calgary Flames. You know, both teams get knocked out in the first round, yet we got a team like the St. Louis Blues that just basically time in and time out, they were literally right there in the thick of things, and every game for them has been a playoff game. It has been since January, since the beginning of the year. It has been. So it's been crazy. Just got to also give credit, too, to uh, Craig Berube and the job that he's done in these playoffs and in these Stanley Cup finals so far because, you know, he's been basically telling his guys to play hard and play physical and they're right there in, in the thick of things in, in all of this. So there is there is that aspect of it as well. Well, so that's why I do believe that there is more momentum in the sport because as we've seen, we've seen teams that were forced to play playoff level hockey the last month of the regular season come into the uh, playoffs and just continue the great play that they did. And living proof is St. Louis. Well, they, they had that hot streak. I want to say it was around February or March, I think, where they won like nine straight or like ten straight. And then they kind of, I don't want to say they backed into the a playoffs, but they kind of sort of did. But they, but they regained their form. And, Will, it goes to show you, Goaltending, goaltending, goaltending. Well, I forget who the backup for the Blues is. Jake Allen. I forget who the Jake. Well, he's he's pretty pretty good too. Yeah. <laughs> and like he's not a scrub. Nope. But the fact that this uh, um, uh, Eddington kid has come up and he's just taking 
the league by storm, the team by storm, the town by storm. He's been playing hot. He got off to the shaky start last night, but he settled down and to play well and to do what he did, man. I mean, man, I can't wait for a Saturday night one. Oh, I can't wait either. I think Game Three is going to be an absolute blast to watch. I think the crowd's going to be in it. Um, you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of figures over there. Obviously, Brett Hull. He'll probably be in in uh, in the stands over there, watching the Blues play. It's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal thing, to say the very least. What's going on, and with the Bruins too? I mean, they they've they played great, and in Game One, they were legitimately down to nothing. But when watching that game, when watching Game One of of the Stanley Cup Final. You ultimately said to yourself that there is no way in hell that this team is going to lose, and you could feel it. They came back like 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 we saw, and they were right there, and they just they never gave up. They played that physical style that they do, and they pinched and they forechecked. They they dumped the puck in, and they just they did what they did in order to win. Yeah, well, and 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 the funny thing uh, thing is too is that. You know, you is that you look at this uh, um, series, and as we spoke about it on the show last week, nobody had uh, these two teams. And I think one thing that gets forgotten, for lack of a better term, well, is that the coaching of these two teams. Like when, whenever you don't have teams that are supposed to be where they're at now. Nobody had the Blues. Nobody had uh, Boston. But I think the coaches should get a big uh, pat on the back uh, as well, Will, because they've, because it must have not been an easy choice to go with this young kid who nobody knew. I'm like, all right, fine, you know, he's the only option that we have. But the moment that Jake Allen comes back, he's the guy, and that's the faith to roll with him. That I mean, I mean that is the definition of having a vibe for your team, knowing your team, and that's why they're here now. Absolutely. Well, nobody thought the Bru- the Blues would be there. The Bruins, at the beginning of the year, you know, they had their they had their opportunity from, not opportunity, but they had a lot of people uh, picking them to go to the Stanley Cup Final. Bruce Cassidy has done a very, very great job, to say the very least. And Craig Berube, like I said, what more can you ask for him? He wound up taking over a team in the middle of the year and they were down on their luck and they were looking to trade away some of their players and they've been rallying, rallying around each other. They love each other and look where it's gotten them. And the fans love it too from the, uh, the court, the rally song and Gloria, everybody's loving that song. Uh, you know, you got that St. Louis blues pup Barclay. He's, He's a cute dog too, you know. There's just uh, there's a lot of things going on in St. Louis right now for the Blues, but it's just absolutely unbelievable what is going on. It is. Yeah, well, so you know, man. So, so, so we gonna see, man. Uh, we gonna see, man. Uh, and uh, you know, it's. Uh, I forgot. Well, I think we both picked up Boston in six. So. After two games, you know, it's not looking too too bad. Our, you know, our optics. Yeah, and every we, I thought that you know that the Blues, in order for them to stay in the series, they had to steal a game in Boston, and they did. 
they wound up doing it. They're taking the home ice with them back to the Enterprise Center, and you never know what's going to happen. But we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, moving on now from the Stanley Cup playoffs to the, uh, the MLB right now. And, Sean, the Yankees right now, how, how hot are they right now? Their winners, they are, they've been absolutely killing everything, to say the very least. They go into Kansas City, they take two out of three. They go in against the uh, San Diego Padre team, they take two out of three, and they keep on winning series two out of three. So right then and there alone, after starting off the year, what, four and six? I think they're 30 and 17, if I'm not mistaken. That's a crazy record right there. Well, and you look at it from the standpoint of, you know, you almost like a loss of words for this team, Will, because it's like, you know, like, I think I, like, I feel like the past month we've repeated the same thing. Oh, well, you know, these guys are playing out of their mind, out of their mind, out of their mind. And it's really going to show you, like, you know, a lot of people thought that the Yankees form was dead and it is the complete opposite to the point now where wherever is the weakness of the team, I don't even know what know what the weakness of the team is, but obviously I'm sure by the time the trading uh, uh, deadline comes, um, Boone and uh, Cashman would have uh, figured it out. Well, it's, it's, it's to the point where you can now, if you have to, I know you're not a fan of this, but if you have to, package one or two of these guys to get a piece to cover up whatever that weakness is, Will. But, I mean, they're playing out of their minds. And, you know, when the guys that are hurt come back, I mean, it's, I mean, now they have a big, big series against Boston. But, well, I didn't even peep this. Boston is already eight games back of the Yankees in the loss column uh, 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 where the Yankees have, I think, 19 and Boston has 27. So let's just say the Yankees sweep or even take three out of four. You're talking about a double-digit lead. And I know we're only in May, but to be early June, but I mean, it would take a catastrophic collapse for the Yankees to lose a lead of that size. So, I mean, it's a big series coming up and as you know, it's obviously against the hated team. So, but what I mean, these guys continue to play well. San Diego is not a bad team. And they made the first game they won and the game uh, yesterday, they made the Padres look really, really small. So it just goes to show you that this team is playing well. And give Aaron Boone a lot of uh, um, uh, credit well because when you have to mix and match guys, it is not and easy to put guys in the correct defensive spots and to put guys into the right spot one through nine. And he seemingly done that time and time and time again. So shout out to Aaron Boone and Will. I saw you put this up, so I'll just point it out. Shout out to the brother of Aaron Boone, Brett Boone, who gave you a like that I saw the other today, man. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Brett Boone, man. One of the one of the better second basemen in the 2000s and in the uh, late 90s to say the very least. So, uh yeah, he was also you want to know a funny thing 
about Brett yeah. and Aaron. Um, yeah. Funny story. So I'm sure everybody's watched Game 7 of the 2003 ALCS over and over again. And mm-hmm. in the broadcast booth at the old Yankee Stadium in Game 7, you got Joe Buck and you got Tim McCarver. And guess who's, you know, that special color commentator in the in the booth? Who will? Brett Boone. Wow. Brett Boone was in the building to see his young to see his brother Aaron hit the game winning home run. It was insane. Wow. And many they people said forget, that you learn something new every day, but well, I, I did not know that. And many people don't realize that either until you see right. you see the video of it and you just say to yourself, Wow. That that that's automatically the first thing that pops into my head. Not whenever somebody mentions Brett Boone. You know, all-star second baseman with the Mariners. I just think of that moment of him watching his brother hit the game-winning home run in Game 7 of the 2003 ALCS. But, yes, just wanted to give a quick shout-out to Brett Boone for liking uh, my post. That was actually pretty cool, to uh, say the very least. So, and as far as the, and as far as the Yankees go right now, look, like you, like you said, you have these young guys coming up. You see what they're doing. And the... the the best thing about it is they're picking up guys off the street, guys like Cameron Maben, coming up out of nowhere. And he's having himself a uh, not a great year, but it's it's a good year for filling in the role of an Aaron Judge. And you have the bottom of the lineup, too, going in and producing. is something that you really need in baseball. You do. You really, really do. You do need that in the sport. So... You know, sometimes you can't rely on on the home run all the time. Sometimes you need to play small ball and win games, and that's what the Yankees have done, uh, to say the very least, with uh, guys like Thario Estrada, uh, Gio Oshella, Gleyber Torres going in playing great, DJ LeMahieu playing great as well, Luke Voigt playing great. This team is clicking on all cylinders right now, and it's going to be a scary thought, Sean, when you see all these guys coming back, I know we keep on repeating this week in and week out, but it's going to be a scary thought to see when you have all these guys coming back. So, Well, that's my – well, and I hate to say this, but that's my only concern is that the assumption, obviously, is that, yes, when these guys come back, it's going to be, you know, um, you know, like everybody's going to be – playing well and this, that, and the third. But again, Will, and I just have to say it because it's not my concern, and I'm not trying to hate on the team, but it's a concern of, you know, fans that I hear squatting into talk shows and, you know, everything of that sort. Will the guys coming back affect the chemistry that this current team has? Now, Will, me and you don't think so. We only think that it's going to enhance the chemistry that they have, because obviously if you're paying Senate, you have to play him. Aaron Judge is not only one of the, he's not only the best player on the team, he's one of the better players in, in the game. So obviously you're going to uh, have to play uh, these, these guys. But that's my only, only concern when these come back, when these guys come back, how do, how do they fit? Yeah. And we'll see what happens over there. Uh, with the Yankees. Moving on now to the 
other New York team that plays in Queens at City Field, the New York Mets. They wound up going out and uh, playing the Dodgers over the uh, course of Memorial Day and over Tuesday and Wednesday. And I believe the Dodgers took two out of three, if I'm not mistaken. But the uh, but the Mets right now, everybody's saying, oh, you know, the, the they're overreacting right now, I feel. Sean, you're the resident Met fan here. Uh, what's your take on on the Mets so far going into this uh, next series and with what has happened and what has transpired over the last week? Okay. So with everything that's being said right now, uh, you know, you look at what the uh, what the Mets have done. I I don't know. I don't know what what's there to talk about, you know, with the Mets. I mean, with the with the fans in general. I know they're f- they're at five hundred right now, or one game, one game below five hundred. It is just it's just unbelievable, bro. It's just absolutely unbelievable, to say the very least, that people are actually writing off this season. Like, stop! You're only five and a half games out. And in the wild card standings right now, as it stands, you're only two and a half games out of that last remaining wild card spot. I know it's, I know it's still a very far time away, but let's, let's pump the brakes here, Sean. What what's your take? As I a little uh, technical misfunction, I guess you know technical difficulty, whatever happened. Uh, glad to see, glad to hear that you're back on. But what's your take on the Mets so far? Uh coming coming up with their series and uh and what they've done so far this past week. First of all, well sorry, um um uh about that. I'm probably in a bad uh, server zone here, but apologies about that. But well, first and foremost, that loss last night, yikes. Well, I fell asleep when I think, I forgot who hit the over. I think it was Dominic Smith, and we went up 8-3. I'm like, okay, the game's over. I have to wake up for work tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. Then I wake up, and then I look at my phone, and I see Mets 8, Dodgers 9. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And the state of the team will, listen, we're only a game under 500, and neither the Braves or the Phillies are starting to run away with the division, so that's still good. But you just don't get a vibe that this season is going to end well because you look at the moves that Brody has made, and I know it's still early. But the early returns are not good. Cano wasn't hitting well before he got hurt. Now he's hurt. And, well, that Cano deal was based on one man, Edwin Diaz. He had the 57 saves. He was pitching well and everything. But now it's a new league, and it's New York and he had only done it for one year, so there was no proven track record. And I know that when Cano signed that big deal that Brody was his guy, the agent, so on and so forth. So I wonder if this deal was a deal for personal reasons or was this a deal be, or was this a baseball deal? Because, well, the people that we gave up, now, Swarzak was sent somewhere else, but Bruce, he started off the season hot, and the prospects that we gave up, all of them are killing it in high A or double A, 
whichever age they are at. So it's just like, was that a smart move? And it's making me question, should we have hired Kyle Bloom, who was the other finalist for the general uh, manager job, who's, who comes from what team, Will? The Rays. Well, I would hire anybody that comes from the organization of the Rays because they have zero super superstars except for Blake Snell, and they continue to win, even though I know that they've cooled off considerably from the start of the year. But with that being said, well, am I giving up hope? No. Am I concerned? Yes. Do we as fans have to pump the brakes? Yes. But, Will, I mean, it's kind of like I said in one of the other shows, Will. It's almost like, as Mets, we have to pray pray to God for things to go well. Because it's just like, if it's not one thing, it's the other thing. If it's not this thing, then it's that thing, so on and so forth. So it's getting to the borderline frustration part. This is a big final game of the four-game set tonight. Then we got three in our zona. Hopefully we finish off the um, road trip strong. And will the other half of it is... Jacob DeGrom has not looked Cy Young-ish at all. Noah Syndergaard, who I will pick to win the Cy Young, that is looking like a horrible pick. And guess who we have going for us uh, tonight, Will? Jason Vargas. So So how, as a Mets fan, am I supposed to feel confident that going up against the best team in the National League record-wise, that we're going to pull out a win with Jason Vargas? Do you understand the struggle that us a Mets fan have, Will? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like being a Jeff fan. It's like being an Islander fan as well. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of things going on, to say the very least. But uh, but yeah, you know, it's just it could be a lot worse, though. It really could be a lot worse. <laughs> well, and I mean, when you say a lot worse. Define a lot worse because when you're used to this type of play <laughs> from a team, Will, this is worse. Like, like no, what no it's not. No, it's not. You could be the Marlins the right now. You could be the Marlins right now. To be to be quite fair, you know, you know, just losing out on everybody but, and just, do, you know what I mean, and just being everybody's expecting you to be bad. It's but Will, but Will, the Marlins, yes, they suck. The Orioles suck. We understand this. But at least they have a plan. They have a plan. Well, I look at it now. Yes, they say hindsight is a 2020. I understand that. But looking back on it now, Will, during the winter and the early spring, I don't think Brody had a plan. Will, the Keon Broxton move, terrible. He's not even on the team. And we gave him two a prospect for him. We just made the rich the richer. <laughs> so, so I mean, so I mean, it's 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 it, it's it's like yeah, record wise, we're not the worst, so it could get worse from that um, a point of view. Yeah, but I mean, well, when you well, when this happens every single year, minus twenty fifteen, every single year, it's almost like okay, well, if you say it, it it could get worse, how? Because we are living in worse. This is our norm. <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, it's it it could be uh it could be something, man, to say the very least with this team, you know. It, the bottom line is you guys are only five and a half out in the East. 
and two and a half out of that final wild card spot. So it could be a lot worse, but just have hope that anything is possible, no matter what. So just saying. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for trying to make me feel better, Will. I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm trying here. I, I can't say that I'm not. You know what I mean? <laughs> How do you give up a five-run lead in the eighth inning? At... <sighs> anyway, Will. Anyway, who, who knows? I'm sorry. No, you could go, if you want to go on for a rant, you could go right ahead. I mean. It, it, it's not, it's not necessarily a rant, but it's just like. I don't want to panic 50, 60 games into the year. That's the worst thing you could do. Because as we saw, if you go hot just at the end of the season, you can make a you can have and make a very long run. But, but, Will, and that's the problem. The Yankees, the Cubs, these great teams, Boston, they don't have buts. The Mets always have a but. Yeah, but. We did this, but. We were great, but. We're doing good. It's always a but with this team. <laughs> and it's just like everybody is killing the familiar move. I don't mind it. I feel like it's a need that had to be made. And, 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 but, you know, he hasn't pitched well. And you were expecting Mets and Wheeler to have better season than they've had, but they haven't pitched well. And you kind of knew that DeGrom wasn't going to be Cy Young-ish another straight year. But he, but he's even come back to the pack, and even he was hurt. So now you got to deal with that. So it's just like, it's not one thing, it's another thing, it's a third thing, and it's but, but, but all over the place. So, well, it's not a rant. It's just a, it'll be nice to be 40 and 20 for once. Hi, Kyle, I'm pretty sure by next week, the Yankees are going to be. It could, well, for once, because, well, even in the 2015 season and the 2016 season, the last two the playoff years that we had, our record both of those years wasn't even 40 and 20 or 70 and 45 or whatever the case is. We've been biting nails even those two playoff years. So, well, it is what it is. I'm annoyed. I'm borderline frustrated, but hey, knowing them well, they'll win the they'll win their next seven out of ten games, and I'll be singing a whole other tune next week. Up. And when this show is over, and if the Mets do go on a winning streak, I'll just post that on Instagram or on Twitter, and just post a rant of you complaining about that, and then you know, next thing you know, they go they. Knowing the baseball gods and knowing everything like that at all, there you go. They go on winning like a, a five-game winning streak or a six-game winning streak, and they're in first place. So you never know. You never know the, about these things in sports. You never know. Very true. Very, very true. You know. But, uh, yeah, moving, moving on now from both of the pro New York teams, just want to give a, a quick recap on the uh, standings right now. In the American League, obviously, you have the New York Yankees, who are 36-19. Their game wound up getting postponed tonight for inclement weather against the Red Sox. That game got scheduled back to August 3rd. Tampa Bay is in second place, only a game out, winners of five in a row. Then you have Boston, who's losers of two in a row. And then you have Toronto and Baltimore rounding out the AL East. The Central, 
still remains the same after the last time we spoke uh, last week. The Minnesota Twins are in first, 37-17, the class of the AL Central with Cleveland in the rear at second at 28-27 and and only nine and a half games back. Chicago White Sox there, 26-29 at 11 and a half games uh, back. And then rounding out the bottom are the Detroit Tigers and the Kansas City Royals. And then in the West, you have the Houston Astros at 37-20. and 20. Things are looking pretty tight right now for that uh, top spot in the, uh, in the AL. So it's pretty pretty interesting, to say the very least, uh, what's going on there. Oakland, right. Oakland was – they were winners of their past six, and they're now on a two-game losing streak. They're at 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. They're 29-27 and 27 overall. Uh, Texas – the Rangers, they're at 27 and 26. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim are 26 and 29 in fourth place. And the Seattle Mariners, after starting off the year kind of sort of somewhat hot, they come out at 24 and 34 and dead last in the AL West. Moving on to the National League uh, standings, you have the Philadelphia Phillies in first place. They are at 33 and 23. Atlanta is 30 and 26. The New York Mets are 27 and 28, but they're only five and a half out, Sean. For every Met fan out there listening, have faith, have hope. You never know what might happen. The Nationals are 24 and 32 in fourth. And the Miami Marlins, yes, we all know about the Miami Marlins. They say they have a plan. They always have a plan, but they've been they haven't been that well over the past couple of years due to some bad luck and some uh, bad trades. They're at 19 and 35. Moving on now to the NL Central, you have the Chicago Cubs in first place with a 31 and 23 record. The Milwaukee Brewers are 31 and 25. Only one game out, two in the loss column. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates are at 500, 27 and 27. And the St. Louis Cardinals are at uh, 27 and 28. And the Cincinnati Reds are 26 and 30. Like we said at the beginning of the year, Sean, and like I said, this NL Central is going to be tough because any of these teams can go out there and win it all, win win that division and go in there and mess things up for any other team that's vying for a uh, World Series uh, uh, potential for going far into the postseason and into the World Series. So it's uh, it's crazy what's going on over there. And keep in mind, too, all these run differentials right now with the Cubs, the Brewers, the St. Louis Cardinals, and the Reds, they're all in the positive right now. They're all in the positive. The only negative here with the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates is that they're negative 63 in run differential. So that goes to show you what's going on uh, in that NL Central. And then in the NL West, you have the Dodgers at 37-19, and 19, the cream of the crop in the NL, in the senior circuit. Then you have the Saint- San Diego Padres at 29-27. and 27. The Arizona Diamondbacks are at 500 at 28 and 28, along with the Colorado Rockies, who are at 27 and 27. And rounding out the rear, of course, are the San Francisco Giants at 22 and 33. And that brings you up to date with the uh, Major League Baseball standings as of May 30th. So, what's your take so far, Sean, on this baseball? On this month of May, as baseball ends May, just about. Well, my take is that my worst series 
predictions are still looking pretty good. <laughs> Chicago Cubs versus your New York Yankees, uh, 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 and as well as real crazy, you are breaking down the standings and the Cincinnati Reds. Do you believe they have the best starter and bullpen ERA in the major leagues, and they're not in first place? I do. Because they are near the bottom of the majority of hitting categories in the major leagues. That is crazy. It is. It is. Absolutely crazy. So, but, well, you did call it, you know, you said that Sonny Gray was going to have a head of the year, and he is. Leading that staff there, so I mean, but um, you know, it's 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 one of those things where like, um, you know, it's still early on, and you know, there's really not no team that has surprised me in a good or bad way so far. So about two, three, four months into the year, I think things are holding uh, steady for the most part. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, the one team that's really lit up the. Uh, for me, the one surprise here has been the Oakland A's, really just going on that winning streak and hitting all those home runs and, and over the past couple of weeks. It's been absolutely nuts what's been going on in Oakland uh, after being winners of their 8 out of 10. So it's, uh, it's crazy, it's daunting, but you never know what could happen in a baseball year, that's for sure. Uh, moving on now from baseball to football. Football, folks. At this time, yes. Sean, these New York Jets yes, right sir. now are just an absolute unbelievable eyesore of a story right now because with everything that's going on, with the new head coach, with the with the new, with Sam Darno being in under center for the second year in a row, you would think that there would be some positives here, but instead there hasn't been. And with the Jets right now, it's just absolutely unbelievable with some of these stories right now, to say the very, very least. You know, I mean, here's a report saying that the Jets pursued coaches before firing Todd Bowles. I mean, we kind of expected that, but, you know, it's, it, it's just absolutely unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And then the Daily News has an exclusive look inside the Jets' mess, a secret meeting reckless owner and a GM stabbed in the back. It's just been absolutely crazy. That's the title from from the uh, Daily News today. I mean, dude, it is just absolutely unbelievable. It is. Well, it's it's one of those things where, and tell me where you've heard this be um, before, Will. If it's not one thing, it's another thing with this team. And just when you think, just when you think the Jets have it figured out, they, 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 they don't. They find a way to disappoint you or they find a way to prove that they don't have it figured out or whatever the case is. So I just look, look at it from a standpoint of, well, I, back to the conversation on the last show, I didn't think Adam Gay should have got the job in the first place. Whether you wanted to give it to McCarthy or not, somebody else or not, okay, that's cool. But I don't, but to me, Adam Gay's did nothing in Miami, minus the first year, to warrant getting a head coaching job immediately after 
getting um, fired. So, and the and the frustrating thing, Will, is that you would think that so many teams have shown the league the blueprint of how business is done. You got the Steelers, you got the Patriots, you have the Chiefs, you have all these other teams that show you the blueprint of how to win, of how to win, of how business is done, of how to go about things. And you would think that the Jets, one of these years, would just copy it. We'll just say, okay, cool. This is how we're going to go about the business of finding a coach, finding a GM, finding a director of player personnel, so on and so forth. And they just have yet to do that. So I'm sure as a fan, it's a frustrating thing, especially when a prime example is in your division. And especially since you have, you know, you have everybody going out there and you have all all these jet staffers going out there from you know the GM all the way da- all the way up to the owner trying to find the right coach and everything like that they feel like they found their right coach and yet here we are we're talking about McCadden getting fired a month ago now you know after what had happened in the in the NFL draft you have the bottom line here I, i'm just like oh oh my god i i just can't wait for the preseason to come, and I hope these guys just shut everybody up in the media. I, I really, really do. I, you know, it's just, it, I just want it to just stop. I just want it to just be like, stop, stop, stop with the bashing of this team, please. We can, as Jeff fans, we can only take so much. Go see an Islander fan about the past 25 years and what has happened. You know, it's the same. It's almost the same exact thing. What has happened this past decade with this with this franchise. So I don't know. I really, really don't know. Well, I'm not saying Woody Johnson is a bad owner, but. Well, you can make a case. New York probably has the worst collection of owners and and pro sports world. I because I agree with that. You got the owners of the Mets, so I would never say their name. The owner of the Knicks. Woody, I mean, how can you be the owner of a team for so long and be mediocre for so long? Yeah. I don't understand it. Thank God that our Islanders changed up their whole brass because they have been on that list for a very long time. So yep. it's just like, I just don't get it. I just don't understand it, well. But, I mean, but well, here's my thing. If you wanted to fire McCagnan, no problem. I felt, listen, you fire Bose, you fire him too, hire a head coach and a GM, let them spearhead the draft, like every other team does. However, to let him spend $125 million guaranteed in free agency, to let him pick the next six players of your team in the draft and to fire him after, will you have to question, did Gates even want these free agents, number one? Did Gates want these draft picks, number two? And what is his commitment to the team, number three? Because I think Gates saw an opportunity where he was like, yo, I'm the brightest football mind on this damn team. So I might as well try and get control of it, which he did. 
Right. Now, well, the one thing that I will say Gates has done, a lot of the Dolphins draft picks were very good. Xavier Howard, Hanzo, Devontae, uh, Parker, the linebacker core that they have with their names, uh, slip me, and Minka Fitzpatrick last year. So he does have a good drafting track record, whether you want to give him the credit or the Dolphins GM the credit, so on and so forth. But still, but still, the Jets never seem to get it right. And, well, another perfect example is a team they share the stadium with. Yeah, the Giants, uh, yeah, the Giants may suck, so on and so forth. But you never hear nothing about the Mara family and the Tish family doing any of this foolishness, even though it looks like Dave uh, Gittiman was the wrong choice. Obviously, we have to wait and see, but it's just crazy, man. It's just really, really a crazy one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. And, you know, we can talk about the Giants all we want, but we're not going to talk about them because they're, they're the Giants, and uh, I'm – not not right now anyway. When when football season comes, maybe we'll get a Giants guest on and everything like that, but they're having themselves a quiet off not outside of that whole Daniel Jones uh pick, they're having themselves a quiet off season after trading away Odell Beckham Jr. and everything like that. It's funny how the news the news people find ways to uh create storylines here and they'll create anything out of nothing so you just gotta see how that goes sean uh do you have any final thoughts going going on any shout outs at all anything like that um final thoughts um not really on basketball i think we covered everything there um uh baseball wise i mean listen let's see what happens with the mets going forward the yankees continue to play well well and the bullpen has continued to be uh, dominant as we expected them. I think we forget they have some guys missing from the pen too. So, you know, what those guys uh, come back there, we shall see. Uh, and on the ice, well, I mean, you know, you know, well, I'm going to go out on a, on a, not a long limb, but a short limb. Well, whoever wins Saturday night is going to win the Stanley Cup. So if the Blues win it, I think they get it done. If Boston wins, as we and you both predicted in six games, I think they get it done. I think this is a very, very big game three because these teams are just so evenly matched. So besides that, well, uh, no other final thoughts. And a big shout-out to you again for holding down the fort. And a big shout-out to, of course, Matt, Brianna, Mike, Caleb, Everybody, everybody associated with Gotham will, as we all know, moving on to bigger and better things uptown, uptown. So very happy and proud of them. And we'll obviously mean you are extremely proud to be members of such a great team. Yes. And we are a huge, huge uh, fan of what's going on here at Gotham. I think Gotham is going on and building bigger and better things as, uh, as we move into the new studio in uh, in Midtown over on 38th Street. So it's going to be absolutely crazy what's going to be uh, happening up there, to say the very least. Mike, when's the, uh, when's the opening for the, uh, for the studio? 
June 2nd. June 2nd is going to be the opening of, of the new studio. Wow. Excellent, excellent. Can't wait, man. Can't I, can't, wait. I can't wait either. That's going to be fantastic. I can't wait for that. Um, Outside of, you know, my final thoughts right now, I really don't have any. Um, Just want to just give, like I said, just a quick shout out to everybody here at Gotham. They're doing a really great job here of uh, of producing shows and doing their thing. Uh, just also want to give a quick shout out to all the hardworking union tradesmen that put their livelihoods on the line just about every day going in and trying to build the future of New York no matter what uh, what it takes. And just wanted to give a quick shout out. I know Memorial Day was Monday as we record our show on Thursday, but just wanted to give a quick shout out to all the people that have uh, risked their lives in order to protect this country and to give people like everybody here a uh, a great, great living. So just wanted to give a quick shout out there uh, for all the veterans that deserve that deserve more for putting their bodies on the line. So well said, Will. Well said. Yep. Yep. And that's pretty much about it, man. You know, that's pretty much about it. Just another episode, me and you in the book, Sean. When are you going to come back in studio? When are you going to come back in studio? Well, I like the job that I have now, but they got me working afternoons, man. So it's 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 hard, man. It's 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 hard, especially during the probationary period. You know, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to mess up. You want to make sure that you keep it good. So yeah. I got it. Yeah, man. I understand. But I do miss you. I miss your face. Even though we <laughs> argue and fight all the time, it's always Wait, it's in. It's not arguing. It's not fighting. Show, so. It's not arguing and fighting. It's just debating. That's it. That's all it is. It's just a friendly debate. That's all it is. We passionately care. <laughs> yes. We passionately about teams and franchises that, that make a lot of money. And at the end of the day, we're just trying to build our brand up. That's all it is. That's all it is to it. You know? Actually, I do have a one last uh, shout out. Even though me and you already did it yesterday, shout out to the one, the only Brandon Jackson, aka Scoop B. Happy birthday, our brother, our brother Scoop B, man. Happy birthday to Brandon Robinson. Yes, Scoop B. Totally forgot about that. You know, yes, I know his birthday was yesterday. I did a did a post for him, but just uh, just yeah, just wanted to give a quick shout out to Brandon. Brandon's one of the best people that uh that you'll ever find so yeah can't can't wait for that can't wait to have him in studio one day it's going to be awesome to say the very least for everybody here at gotham podcast studios for mike ortiz our wonderful producer gives us the thumbs up does a wonderful job here for my wonderful co-host sean thomas sean when you come back in studio bud you're getting a big bear hug from me i'm just saying likewise bro i am going to spin you around like you're going to spin me right round, bro? <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait, brother. Can't wait. And for everybody else that works at Gotham, I'm your host, Will Trucci, logging out. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening.